0: Today's guest is a pure-blood entrepreneur. He's an educator, he's a mentor, he's an investor, a professional speaker, a business coach, and marketing specialist, and also he's a good friend. Don Martin, welcome to the show, man.
1: Hey, Nick. Thanks for having me on the Constructing Greatness podcast, brother. Much appreciated. I'm excited for this show, and uh, I actually listened to a couple of your first shows, and really enjoyed him, So it
0: was good. No, I appreciate it. And I'm excited to have you. Don and I met in college 26 years ago. I believe it was 1994, the fall season. Don and I met on the baseball field. We played uh, baseball together for Temple University. And Don was our lefty or Southpaw ace. <laughs> it was a fun two years. I transferred there. Don, you were there for four seasons, correct?
1: Yeah, I was there for four seasons. I came right in as a freshman from I went to Pensbury High School in Pennsylvania, and and good old Skip Wilson, head coach of of Temple, uh, spotted me there and uh, recruited me to Temple. So, and it was a it was a fun, interesting, adventuresome, and uh, <laughs> four years for sure playing for Skip, especially Temple. for the
0: pitchers. Yeah, more adventuresome for the pitchers, <laughs> especially
1: for the pitchers. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, what did you take up at Temple? What was your major?
1: So when I first went there, actually, Nick, uh, I went there for baseball. (laughs) Like, I really didn't care about the rest of it. You know, I was playing at the elite level through high school, and I had opportunities to play a lot of different places across the country. I was offered scholarships by a bunch of different schools, but Temple was close. It had a pretty good reputation for the program at the time locally, and since it was close, and uh, they gave me a really good offer, I, I, you know, it was the best one I had, and it was close. So I decided to go. The temple and a distant second to baseball for me was actually architecture. I was really interested in the architectural engineering world. I took a few architectural electives in high school and I really enjoyed the drafting architecture side of things. So when I went to the temple, I started with the architectural engineering, you know, major. One of the biggest challenges with architectural engineering is that all of the studio classes fell at three, three thirty every day. And that's when we had to be on the baseball field. Yes. <laughs> so I had to change my major pretty quickly. And I actually switched to civil construction engineering technology. And that wasn't really my thing. I didn't want to be there. I really liked the architecture side of it. So I ended up switching to a business degree with a concentration in real estate, which uh actually I'm so happy that I did because I went to uh, business administration with a, with a concentration, actually two concentrations in marketing and real estate, but real estate was where I really wanted to be. And that's what I went to school for.
0: Love it. And that's one of the big reasons too, is obviously because you're passionate about what you're doing and and we're going to get into that and you followed your heart, you know, through your process and in your career and you started out in construction. Talk a little bit about what you did for construction and, and what that has done to propel your career.
1: Yeah, for sure. So when I finished up school, you know, I, I was expecting to go play pro ball. I finished at a really elite level after my junior year. I was in the top for you. I mean, we played together that year and I was in the top five in the era and the country. And I was I had opportunities to go play some pro ball and talking with Skip and, and some other people. I decided to come back for my final year because I wasn't getting what I thought I should be, you know, to be able to go play pro and realize that the crop was going to be different the next year coming out. I'd have greater opportunities to play one more year at school. So I went back for my senior year and had an injury, actually. Uh, It wasn't enough to keep me from playing, but I lost a lot. I tore my labrum in my shoulder. A lot of guys don't even know that, but my senior year, it happened. And so it made me have to reflect on what I was going to do. I did still play a little pro ball after. It was very limited. It wasn't deep, but it was, you know, I did play some pro ball. But just because people were willing to take a shot at me because I was, you know, maybe – We were hoping it was going to come back, but that type of injury, it's not something you can come back from unless you get surgery. And back then the surgery was worse than playing through it. You know, today it's a little different, but 26 years ago, since we're getting a little older now than Nick, you and me, a little different process. So I didn't know I was going to do, I really didn't. And so when I finished up school, job market wasn't what I wanted. I wasn't seeing anything in a job market that I wanted. And I was always a free spirit. I was always entrepreneurial. So being that I loved the architectural world and I liked the construction world and I liked the real estate world, I decided to start in the construction field, primarily in residential, with roofing and siding and you know, small additions and things like that, because that's what my dad did. He did okay with it, and I had enough background on it because uh, to know that I could get started there. And I could do two to three times the income working for myself in that field that I could take in a job in the job market that was there for me currently. So I decided to just dive into it and hired some guys pretty quickly. I think one of the most important lessons I learned early was that I didn't know everything I needed to know in the parts of construction that I wanted to. So I hired guys that knew what I needed to, that I didn't get. And that was a really important thing because I was able to learn things from watching the guys that I hired work. And and then I also just educated myself like crazy. I just like you know, just engrossed myself in the, the work that I was doing. And I got certifications all over the place from the different manufacturers and and things like that, but I was really just to go ready to go out and hustle. And I just went out and hustled and I found work and I went out there and I did a lot in the residential world. But the number one thing that brought me my work in was I was, I was smart enough to get at that time, get connected in the insurance world. I got in touch with a lot of public adjusters and insurance adjusters and build a relationships there, be able to do an emergency service work, which always leads to really good jobs. And that's where I really got the fuel for my construction business. So I did really well right out of school. I was doing well for several years. And one of the things I always like to point out is the reason why construction ended up being where I went was because I always liked the idea, Nick. And I think this is important for people out there that are entrepreneurial, that want to make money, but love the construction world particularly. But they also want to create some kind of passivity of income. One of the challenges I had in construction for me was that every time I worked, I got paid But next it, I had to work again to get paid again. I had to work again to get paid again. And and that's great because you can do really, really well in construction for the work. It's It's a very honorable, profitable, especially when you do it right, industry. But I also wanted to create some passivity. And real estate was where I wanted to do that. And being that I got in the construction world, I could always do my own work in my own real estate. So that's where I wanted to lead to. But I was working so much in the running the construction company, you know, that I didn't have as much time as I wanted to invest in real estate, but I was able to start to, to do that. And it was fun. So that's kind of where it led me because that's what I wanted. I wanted to create that ongoing. I think one of the keys to wealth is, was, is leverage. Not only having employees that creates leverage for you as the business owner, when you have employees, because they're willing to work and work for a wage. And then you can obviously have some leverage there because you can create yourself a process um, that, And a system that creates, yes, a really good living for your employees, but also some leverage for you. So you're not constantly trading time for dollars and and you create some good wealth for yourself. But with long-term in the real estate world, I mean, I love that because I always love that idea of having ongoing cash flow, doing something once, doing work once, creating some kind of process that creates income that repeats itself over time, even after the work is done. I always pictured it like this, man, if I could figure out a way, my accountant actually said this to me one time, Nick, he said, if you can figure out a way to do a roof, right? Cause I did a lot of roofing cause it was good, fast money. And I could, you know, but if you can figure out a way to do a roof, and then instead of getting paid one time on that roof, every single time it rained, you got paid again because the roof did the job and it rained and oh, you got paid again. And it worked because for 20 something years, if ever long that roof survives, it's providing value to the per- So imagine if that could happen and i said yeah that would be awesome and he goes that's the power of creating passive income and one of them is in the real estate investing world you know and there's other ones too that he introduced me to but that was what was really kind of a pulling me in that direction and i understood that and that's one of the most important things i coach and train people when they want to make ongoing income that i love all professions out there i love people that are passionate especially in the construction world because i was i loved the end result i loved making an impact i loved The project. I really enjoyed, you know, to see what you constructed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Watching it evolve, watching it take its its own, you know, form. But while you do that, there's smart things you can do alongside of that that can create ongoing passive income. So you can really focus on doing the work that you love because it's a passion, and you're not as engorged in the financial side of it because you have finance taking care of themselves because you really learn how to leverage.
0: Now, was your real estate investing, was that flipping? Was that tenants? What were you doing exactly?
1: Most of the time it was tenants. A lot of times what happens with people in the construction field is they get, they get kind of uh, sucked into the flipping world. There's nothing wrong with it, but the flipping world, it's the least tax beneficial way of being an investor. You have a lot of taxes to pay. Um, when you're a flipper. And uh, although it's profitable for sure, especially if you're, if you know what you're doing. But um, to me, I was more, I understood the tax benefits and I wanted to improve the property, right? Refinance the property, take the cash out that would have been made selling it, but it's tax free because I didn't sell it. I take the cash out from refinancing after I improved the property. So I get that tax free and then put a renter in that creates a positive cash flow ongoing, and then any given time, five, ten, fifteen years out the road, you can do the same thing again. The renter keeps paying it, but you're taking cash out tax free. That's how I always saw it, and that's how I always enjoyed it. But don't get me wrong; there is times where it makes sense to do a 1031 exchange. You know, where you can sell the property, leave the money in it, escrow. Use that money, that little bit of profit without having to pay taxes on it and go towards the purchase of another property. And sometimes it's just great to cash out too, you know? Sure. But the majority I say, I bought and hold. That was what yeah. I did primarily. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we did that as well. We had a handful of properties, but we had some uh, tenant issues. And, and then obviously the market hurt us too back in 07, 08, You remember?
1: Oh yeah, I'm remember. up uh, <laughs> I, I love, I love a nice chunk on one big project. Luckily, I, I was diverse enough, and I and I had residual income coming in from another business that I had started. A really strong residual income. It's the only reason why I survived that because I got walloped in the real estate business at that time, as everybody did, pretty much. You yep,
0: know? they sure did. And I don't know if you know this, but your podcast was one of my original inspirations. You know, you started podcasting. It's called The Grind Life. What was that about three years ago, Don? What was I did, your first? Yeah, the-
1: Yeah. First live. Yeah, Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah. I started that. I think it was about three years ago. I started it. And honestly, I just did it because I had stuff to say. And I really love to make a difference. I really do. I love to make a difference. I love to impact people. And I always believed my whole career in business that no matter what people did, they had to have a why, a purpose in their life to fuel their hustle. To fuel what they did, so I don't know, you know, um, divine intervention, whatever. But you know, it hit me one day: is grind life. You know, you have to have a, a life of grind. But I, I realized, in order to be right, yeah, you have to have a why in your life. So we well, have to why a purpose in your life that fuels your grind. So we spell it G R Y N D L Y F E. Because I think people can live life two ways. They can either live life with an I, just getting by, like average, ordinary people, which is nothing wrong with that. I know I'm not judgmental of people that just want to have a simple life. There's nothing wrong with that. I actually many times respect them and wonder, you know, sometimes they're the most peace I've met. I'm different. (laughs) You know, I'm just different. I want more and I want to make a difference. It's just the craziest thing. So other type of people, they live a different type of life. They live life that I spell with a Y. Because they have a why that fuels them and they don't need rest. In fact, the more they work, the more energized they get. People that live a normal life with an I, they get tired after working. People that have a why in their life and they use that why to fuel their grind, which I call They their love life. what they do, right? They love yeah. what they do. And at yeah. the end of their day, they have more energy than they started at the beginning of the day. Because it energizes them because they are doing what they love. Doesn't mean it's not hard work. It doesn't mean there's not ups and downs and you don't get punched in the mouth. You're going to have that happen in anything that you do. But you're still when you're doing something that you pa- that you passionately love and you're making the difference that you want to make, man. Holy moly. It's awesome. And that's what the, our podcast for people that just have a why or they want to find their why and they're willing to fuel their grind every single day with it.
0: Yep. And do anything they can to build themselves, you know, educate themselves and learn and you know, just invest in themselves to be better. I love it.
1: I found a long time ago, Nick, and there's one commonality that I see with successful people and I study them, man. I really do because I'm with mentoring, and coaching thousands of people now across the world that there's a big differentiator. There's a separator between the people who make it and the people that just kind of don't make it from a financial standpoint, right? Just using success as the barometer here, financial success, I'm sorry, as a barometer here the people that financially succeed at a great level, I realize that they are constantly self-developing. Constantly. It's a daily mission for elite performers and whatever it is they do and successful people. And other people that struggle to maybe move up in their life or move on, they don't do that. And because they don't do that, they might be working harder and harder and harder. But if they're not developing themselves, the world is dictating how they respond to it versus them dictating how they respond to the world. And that mindset is everything. So developing yourself, becoming better every day. You know, when I bring people on board, when I bring on apprentices or I mentor people in my business that I do now, the first thing I do is I tell them the most important thing that I've done is I make myself, my goal is to make myself About a third of a percent better every single day. That's it. A a decimal point. Mm -hmm. About a third of a percent better than I was the day before. Because if I can do that, if I can self-develop by listening to a podcast, listening to an audio while I'm exercising, making myself just a little better physically fit, right? Especially during COVID, man. I did gain the COVID-19. I worked out, but man, I'll tell you, (laughs) I enjoyed the food. I gotta keep on moving. Yeah, man. The reality of it is if they can make themselves 0.3% better every day and they yep, do just, it every just a little day, bit in a, yep. year, in a year, they're hundred percent better in two years they're 200% better in three years, they are a brand new person and you don't know where these people came from. All they did was a little action every day that they don't really have to take time to do because you can listen to a podcast or listen to an audio or you can attend a conference outside of your normal everyday work outside of your normal everyday life. Or while you do things that you normally would do anyway, like while you're working out, while you're driving to and from a job. That's how I got out of construction completely, Nick, was I found a a way personally that I could create more residual, not only with my real estate, but another way. I love the real estate world and the construction world, but I saw something that... Really spoke to me from a business, entrepreneurial, coaching, mentorship process where I can make a bigger difference in other people's lives. That was my calling. Nothing against construction. but I love it. I think it's great. In fact, if I didn't find this, I'd still be there. But uh, I listen to audios every single day. I never listen to the radio, bro. I listen to audios every single day. Every time I was in my truck, and back then it was cassette tapes, bro. You know, yeah. the cassette tapes <laughs> and I just listened over and over again.
0: I I love myself some podcasts, man. Me too. Again, you're my original inspiration for podcasting, and and I've been a podcast junkie ever since, man. And it's just great. It's just great for you, you know. I'm so happy, man.
1: I'm I'm glad I can be a little, you know, make that little difference in your life, there, bro.
0: Definitely, man.
1: You and I have a lot of history, man. We have a lot of history, which is fun, you know. And it's so fun watching us now. We're all these serious business guys, and we think back to all the. Ruckus, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: was fun, though, wasn't it? <laughs> it was fun, man. Was,
1: you know, and that's the best part, guys. Listen, if you if you saw the two of us, I, I want to inspire the, the or you know just kind of acknowledge everybody that's listening. You know, it doesn't matter where you're at now. It doesn't matter where you're at now. If you want something different, just make a decision that you want something different, and then decide to saturate your mind in that and become an expert, become a professional in whatever you, you want, want to you
0: do. Yeah, it's a choice. It's a choice, yeah, really, is. yep, and that leads me to what Don does now, and it's a very unconventional profession, but it's a profession that's greatly growing, and it's network marketing and Don talk about you started DMJ international mm-hmm. in nineteen ninety nine and talk about you were kind of leading to that, why you chose that, you know how you found. DMJ, and what it's all about.
1: So yeah, what happened was my accountant who owned about 50 pieces of real estate uh, and had an accounting firm, um, was, I was introduced through a good friend of mine. In fact, his brother was working for me in construction at the time. And they asked me to take a look at something. And uh, I had a lot of preconceived notions about the network marketing world. My father had tried it three different times and it didn't work out. And it's primarily because most of the time it doesn't work out for people because they're not really designed for everybody to make it. They're normally and ordinarily designed for, you know, the top tier people, you know, in these companies. And They give up. They give up, basically. A lot of times right? people give up, but also a lot of times the way they're developed and designed and structured, average people, they're not designed for the average people, right? And that's one of the challenges. You know, that industry has like a 95% Turnover failure rate. Majority of people don't make it for whatever reason. It's what it is. And I had a preconceived notion that what they were telling me was one of those until I actually, four months later, realized wait a minute, my accountant owns 50 pieces of real estate. And this way he told me, he said, Don, I've made more money with this program than I made. Now I'm making more money with this program than I am in all my 50 pieces of real estate combined. When he told me that, I was like, what? You know what I mean? Because I thought it was just another deal, another scheme. So I said, "All right, I'll look." And honestly, the truth be told, Nick, the only reason why I looked was not because I was interested. Even after he told me that, but it was because they were recommending me construction work. They were referring me jobs, and I didn't want them to stop. And they just asked me to look to evaluate because I might be able to recommend them work back, recommend them something that could help them develop that business. So that's the only reason why I looked. But when I saw it, I saw that it was first of all different than anything I'd ever seen. It wasn't what my preconceived notions were. And it fixed all the problems that I've seen people, including my dad, struggle with in that industry. So when I saw that, I don't want to go much deeper into that because, it, you know, I want to keep it on a focal point here. But I saw that, that it could work for me. Most importantly, it could create residual passive income, which was what I was all about at that point. Because I really wanted to use a lot of my resources into real estate. But I wanted to be able to spend time in real estate. And the biggest struggle I had in the construction field was it was drawing so much of my time that I didn't have the time to invest. And I also found myself being drawn to coach and mentor and guide people, whatever that came from out of nowhere. I always liked doing it with baseball, right? When I played baseball after I I did some coaching and stuff with some 15, 16-year-old kids. But when I found this from a business perspective, an entrepreneurial perspective, I realized, wow, that could be a big part of my life because I always just passionately fell in love with helping people in whatever it is that I did. So it really made a lot of sense for me to learn more about it. So I got started very part-time and I think it's smart for anybody if they find a side business that could do well for them part-time without having to take them away from what they do. It didn't take me away from construction at all for about two and a half years, just under three years. I did my construction company and I did really well In fact, because of my experience of building this other business, it taught me how to run my construction company better and how to be a better entrepreneur all in all. So I I actually was the most successful I was when I decided to move on from the construction business, simply because the business that I got started with, which is in the network marketing world, but completely different than what most people have ever experienced or have seen, did so well for me, but it just spoke to my soul. And I really wanted to put my time into that. And then in, in real estate investing to create two residual type income streams. So that's what it's been for me now for Nick, like eight and a half years. And again, it wasn't an industry thing. It wasn't because I thought this type of industry was better than this industry. It was because it just was the right thing for Don, for me to do. Because it just, it spoke to my soul and I was doing what I loved. In fact, I don't think I work every single day. You know, like my wife said, Hey, well, it was this past birthday. I had ter- you know, it just passed a few weeks ago and I turned 45. I'm catching up to you, Nick. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and she's like, "What? Well, do something you want for your birthday. And I end up doing meetings that day. You know, I can't help myself because the difference that I have the opportunity to make in people's lives is enough for me to say, Hey, listen, a best birthday present for me would be to see someone just turn their life around and it change gives
0: you joy. It gives you joy, change yeah. the
1: trajectory of their yeah. life and, and really make it an impact for them and their family. And, and all, by the way, all the people that they might influence over time too, it doesn't just stop at the person you share and help. It continues ongoing. It's like, have you ever seen the movie, uh, pay it forward? I heard of it, know, but,
0: but I have not seen it. No. Old school
1: movie. Mm. I encourage it because it's, it talks about it's a little kid that comes up with an idea that he's going to help people and they can help people do things that they can't help themselves. And he doesn't think it's working, but it is. And that's kind of how, how it happens when you make a difference in people's lives. It just gets shared through people. You don't know what's going on until, you know, it gets back to you somehow. And, man, there's nothing like that, you know, that that uh, comes back. So that's how I end up becoming what I did. And from helping and speaking to crowds and, and, and you know, 20 plus thousand or more, I don't know, man. It's like pitching in a baseball game, bro. I mean, yeah. it's really what the only thing I can compare yeah. it to because that's yeah. what we did. You know, it's like going yeah. on the mound and it's and it's a full count, and you know, one of your guys. You remember? I don't know if you remember this, but one of your guys decide to, uh, you know, bases loaded, and he's got a full count, and or, or three and no, I can't remember what it was. And he decided to plunk a guy, so they would throw him out. Then we had to go in, right? <laughs> Take it over, right? Yeah. There's nothing that's exhilarating. So that's you know, same thing of being of, uh, you know, able to sh- share and help with other people.
0: I love it, man. And talk about a little bit of what exactly the business is.
1: I broker products and services, right? I broker products and services. So I had opportunity and and I work with a lot of business owners. So there's two facets to the business that I do. The first is I broker products and services and I help business owners find an ancillary cash flow, an ancillary offering, like a product or service they can offer through their business. That's an add-on product or service that makes sense in their world. So for example, personal trainers, and nutritional or weight loss products, uh, cosmetologists, skin care specialists, estheticians, you know, salon owners, you know, these in the cosmetic and skin care products and services, things and, and so on and so forth, There's many different ranges that we can offer. So that's the first thing I do is I do a lot with business owners and help them add extra revenue sources and streams to their business. The second thing I do is I find people that also want to run an entrepreneurial business and do what I do establish those type of relationships. And I can teach people how to create online marketplaces as well, where they can sell products and services online. So, uh, you know, it's a very unique model. It's a dynamic model, but that's pretty much the two things that we do. So that's kind of the direction we go, create good clients through offering products, services through them, or teaching people how to do what I do and own their own business. The same way I do it and there's ways that they compensate us for that, too, which is very different than the traditional multi-level marketing type of an approach. And uh, you know that's a much deeper conversation.
0: But, yeah. yeah, Yes, it is. And and I, yeah. that was one of my questions is, how is yours different? I'd like you to go into what the platform is. It's shop.com, correct?
1: Yeah, that, that's right. And what makes it different is it, it the way the model works is, number one, we're a broker. We broker products and services from a multitude of different products and uh, service providers and, and manufacturers, whereas most companies out there, they manufacture or supply a product or a service and they're pigeonholed to one industry. And they, also tell every, yep, and they also tell everybody, we make the best and here's why. The problem with that is every company said they make the best and here's why. So we're more of like a consumer or a business person's advocate where we'll sift and sort and we'll source the best product from over 100 different manufacturers to bring the best the marketplace. So that's the first thing that makes us different and there's a multitude of different industries. So what I love when you think about real estate, the reason why real estate is such a great profession to invest in is because in real estate you can buy property and then your renters, especially in the commercial side of things, they can be in any industry they want. Now you make money in all different industries. So your renter can be a salon owner, your renter can be a doctor, your renter can be a you know, an esthetician, a skincare specialist, a a gym, it could be anybody, right? A retailer. Uh, And when you are renting your real estate to those, now you're making money in those different industries. I love real estate for that. With this, it gives me the same opportunity. I specialize in, from a product service perspective, I love the fitness wellness side of things and the financial services side of things. So that's the two things that I really focus on, like teaching people how to handle their debt, eliminate their debt, right? And wellness, fitness, like things just from a from a long-term health perspective, like those nutritional type of things. So that's the two things I focus on. But I have many people that have come into my team that are doctors, estheticians, spa owners, salon owners. And I don't wear makeup very often, Nick, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, not like when when we were in school, bro. You know what I mean? We never wore it, right? But I have a lot of people that offer products in industries that I never would have been a part of. But I have a business that generates really nice revenue and income because I was able to offer people in different industries that I have interest in the ability to offer business there. So that's the first thing that makes us different. We broker price and services. Second thing that makes us different is the compensation thing. It's not a multi-level marketing type of business. It's more of just a tracking system. And again, it's more of a detailed approach. But when most people have had experience in those industries, they experience things like they recruit people on these tiered percentages yes. of level programs. We're just a tracking system. Right. And, and we just track business that from people who lead to people. We track that business. And the sheer volume that's created, it just pretty much compensates everyone at 100%, there's no tiers and levels and percentages, which makes it weird and complicated many times. So just the model of compensation is completely different than, than what people would normally ever see in the networking, direct sales, multi-level marketing world. And I love it. I love it because of that, because we can make a difference and everybody can make it, not just a few select people.
0: Yeah, there's so many things you can do with it. And and I'd like you to get just a little bit more detailed on an example, shop.com, what that can do for someone that wants to use the website, how the relationship is with you or someone of your team members, just just a little more specifics.
1: Two type of customers we have. One would be, like I said, that I really spend a lot of time of business owners that are buying and selling through their business and creating ancillary cash flows. They're making 30 to 50% or whatever the margins of the product that they're getting access to. And it's exclusive. People can't go get them anywhere else except for through them. So that's the first type of customer that I have. So they're making extra income. And the relationship with me would be I help them find what makes sense in their business world and help them you know, identify it, implement it, integrate it into their business. And then it's a, it's a hands-off approach because once it's there... Well, most of them are consumable, commodity things. So their customers will keep on buying. So that allows the business owners that even if people decide maybe they won't go to that business, or they move to another spot. A lot of times it keeps cash flow coming into them, even after their clients don't live near where they used to, right? So they can create ongoing income. But the second customer that we would have would be a customer that just goes to our shop.com site. Like I have customers that go to my shop.com site and they can buy it directly through my site. The benefit to the customer is they get access to many products that they can't anywhere else in the world that are great, but they also earn a benefit. It's a cashback benefit. So every time somebody buys through my site, no matter what they buy, whether it be from any of our exclusive brands, but also yeah, list some of your
0: affiliates, like your affiliates, some of the major yeah, affiliates: I mean,
1: Walmart, Home yeah. Depot. Home Depot, you know. Yeah. They, mm-hmm. So we have all these different affiliates that actually pay us a commission when we send traffic to them too. So now people go from us and get access to that. But here's the best part: they actually earn cash back when they do it. So now, if they go through my site, it's a free account; they don't have to spend a dollar. They go to the account, they make a purchase through that free account, through the shop.com account. But then when they buy through my site and they make a purchase, they get a percentage of what they spend back in cash. So it essentially makes it cheaper to go through us to Walmart than it is to go straight to Walmart or any of the other three to 5,000 partner stores that are there. And ones that, you know, like, and trust. I mean, that's a neat thing about it. So with all those dynamics of brokerage, it sounds like a lot, but all we bring it down to one thing, we just teach people, whether they're a customer or an entrepreneur, how to convert their spending into some kind of earning. And that's really what it's all about. And the same thing with our customer or, or with our partners. We convert our spending and earning, too. I buy everything for myself. And I teach others to do the same thing.
0: And the cash back could be, what, 1%, percent 3%, you know? And, and that, to- that could be significant yeah. with large purchases.
1: I mean, like right now, I mean, the last time I looked, Walmart was closer to four or five. Oh, I mean, wow. man, I about Walmart because we have consumer collective influence, right? So what's neat about it is, I mean, we even have some of them up to 30 plus percent cash back on some of our vendors, right? It just all depends. They average two to 15 to 20, right? Uh-huh. Their uh-huh. Because We're a nine and a half billion dollar company with a lot of influence. And we're taking advantage of what's happening in the world now where more and more people are not listening to ads but they're listening to real life relationships. It's kind of one-to-one peer influence is causing more business and ads can ever again, because there's so many advertisements out there. You guys all see them. It's just like white noise and people don't pay attention. People listen to their friends, family, relatives, or people that they know, like, and trust. And we're able to convert that influence into income for the person that makes the recommendation. And it's a dynamic thing and it's changing the way people shop. And the way people do business and it's something which I love right now in the COVID time, people can go from their home. They have to be entrepreneurial. They have to be passionate. They have to be willing to want to work. It's not a get rich quick scheme. any. but man, it's a, it's a game changer and it allowed me to be able to use that revenue to invest more in real estate. And I have the time to do it now and be with my kids. You know, that's the most, and my wife, of course. <laughs>
0: Love it, man. And and, yeah, that leads me to COVID, like how that has impacted you. And I can only imagine you guys were very prepared for something like this because of your, your virtual expertise.
1: You know, I don't think we intentionally were prepared for this type of situation, right? At all. It just so happened that when it came together and, and, you know, it was simply because we had offerings of solutions for people who needed more help than ever. When COVID hit, You know, people were in shambles. They had no idea what to do. And we started looking at what are we going to do? We had a lot of live in-person things we did, right? Because it was, it's, you make the most impact when you can connect with people in person, right? But because we had business all over the world, we have people all over the world, right? We were really, really good with technology, really good with virtual things. And it was a business that was run traditionally from home, And it was also products and services that enhanced certain aspects of people's lives. For example, immune function, right? Like that's the big thing. Everybody wants to stay well and healthy and keep their immune system optimally functioning. Right? So because of that, it was almost like a perfect storm that positioned us to be able to grow faster. And I, I don't even know what our total numbers are, but I I know for me personally, 30 or 40% growth. I've been 21 years with this, Nick, and I've grown my business Personal business has probably grown, I think, even close to 40% probably in the last six months. And that's 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 a a, 21 year development. It's unbelievable.
0: Yeah, it really is.
1: And it's only because we're helping people. Like I realize people want help. They want help in number one, they want to shop from home. They don't want to have to go to the stores. That's a major trend. Well, they can sit in front of their computer, shop from home, earn money back, get the best deal they'll find online. And have it shipped right to their house in a better process than any other one out there, including the biggest of the big, because they're getting paid to do it. We're just allocating funds to give them cash back. So it's a a no-brainer for consumers, and it helps them stay from home with thousands of vendors to choose from, not just one. The second thing is the nutritional side of things. Keep it So we're offering these products that, that are clinically supported to optimize immune health. Right and to me, I just I tell everybody in the world that you you know stay healthy for crying out loud. Make sure your body is prepared as it can be. If in case anything happens, you want to make sure you're going to be a survivor with it. And and there's certain nutrients that can really assist that. I believe right. So that's the second thing, and that's a big passion of mine. And I'm doing it with a lot of doctors right now, all across America and the United Kingdom primarily. But that's the second thing. The third thing is. People want to work from home now and they want to find a way to work for themselves from home, but not interfere with what they have if they still have a job, you know, because some people don't. But they want to be able to create something because this too shall pass. And this is what I'm telling everybody. This too shall pass. This crazy pandemic is going to pass. But this is the so that's a promise. But here's a second promise. It's not the first time we're going to have a challenge in our life. And it's not the last one either. So people realize that this was enough of a wake up call or or for some people it's a complete punch in the mouth that they realized, man, I have to do something to secure myself and yep. make some changes. Yeah. Make some changes or yep. do something in addition, like maybe keep doing what I'm doing. Cause I love doing it, but let me do something on the side that can in a year or two set me up to where I have my finances taken care of. My money's situated better prepared. Uh, I, don't have yep. to, I don't have to worry about the grind. And that's really, that's the third big thing. So in the situation we're at right now, it's just help, help, help. And and I've worked more than ever and and I have a residual income. I don't need to work for the money anymore. That's a neat thing about it. But I'm working more than ever because more people need it and I am called to it. You know, I have to help them no matter what it is, whether it's a Saturday night or a Saturday morning or a, or a, or a 1130 p.m. Zoom that I'll do in California or a 5 a.m. crazy zoom session in UK because people need it and you know, they won't all want it, but what, because it's not for everybody. But when I find the right people, man, it was all worth it.
0: And the best thing about it, it's not work, right? You love it.
1: Not for me. Uh, not for me. Not for I me. love you. I love your I passion, you, man. <laughs> yeah. It was work at first. Cause I had to learn it. And that's the one thing I always tell people, don't be afraid at certain things. Sometimes people don't take up advantage of opportunity because it shows up in ripped pants and dirty pants and looks like work. Opportunity, great opportunity is still work. But as you do it and you realize the impact it makes and you have a purpose behind it, you easily fall in love with it. And it's anything, guys, because I found my passion. I have a lot of people that have through me. But what I have completely could be totally different from someone else. And I want them to find what theirs is and what someone else is, you know, or or maybe we can help people create the cash flow so they can go do what they wanted to do, you know, because they can get money out of the way. There's so many different variables that come into play for people. And for me, it's just making the difference. And having the confidence and posture to coach people and be like the annoying personal trainer that you hate when you're working out but you love from the results. That's kind of how mm-hmm. I am in business. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So <laughs>
0: Love your energy, brother. Hey, circle back. Just a quick question. On the consumer side of the business, if they go to shop.com to make a purchase, would your biggest competition be Amazon? I mean, is there any relationship with them at all?
1: No, because Amazon really doesn't have an opportunity. I mean, Amazon's a great consumer platform. You know, we don't even compete with Amazon because Amazon does what Amazon does. You know, they give people a way to go shop, pay retail, pay for a membership get stuff shipped to them, all that kind of stuff. Ours is more about the opportunity, you know? Ours is more about the entrepreneurial side of it and the personal relationship that's provided, you know? So ours is more, hey, people want to go. They want to shop from all the vendors that they normally would be shopping from. It'll be shipped right to their house, but they want to earn some money back from doing that. They want to earn some cash back. And also it's about the people that come on board with us as business owners. They want to convert their own spending into an income, so it's just a reallocation of the marketing margins. See, people don't have access to make the mar- to earn marketing margins from, you know, like you said, Amazon or any of the other places. They can't make those. Amazon uses those to pay for their overhead and their marketing and their advertisement and all that stuff. And this it's a reallocation program. So those margins that would have been spent on advertisement instead are redirected back into a model that pays us for being the mouthpiece of the brands. And we've paid out over five billion in total business so I mean, the company's done over nine and a half billion with over five billion US in payout to people that are actually the influencers. And if you realize and understand that big shift that's happening from mass marketing now to the one-to-one relationship marketing, people pay attention to Facebook and ads from their friends, not not ads on Facebook, but Facebook and and interaction from people that they know. Yeah, recommendations, yeah. Way more account. than they'll ever pay attention to an ad anymore. So that's a reallocation. And by the way, just so you know, last year, $623 billion was the number for what's called global ad spend, a collective global ad spend. Half a trillion wow. dollars was what wow. companies spent on ads. But they found, and this is a study that I saw, only 7%, Nick, 7% of people that saw an ad actually made buying decisions based upon the ad. The other 93% made it based upon someone's recommendation that they knew. So there's a shift Mm -hmm. from mass media marketing over to -to one-to-one peer Mm -hmm. marketing. And we're at the front end of that because we can compensate people for it. And it's just a more effective way to do it. And companies love us because of that too.
0: Love it, man. So listeners on this show will probably primarily be looking for alternatives to college. How did starting in construction – help create some of the clarity on your chosen path today. I know we touched a little bit on that earlier. Um, like how, how did that just help you with your clarity on choosing your current path and what your profession is today?
1: Well, I have a funny story for you that you might not even know. And this, is, this leads right into this question. I didn't graduate. Okay. So I was in my last year, right? Finished up school. It's in my last year. Um, had the injury, Right. Um, was still going to go try to play, but I, you know, and I did, but a little pro ball, but it wasn't, I just had lost it, you know, wasn't there. Sadly enough, I was very <laughs> not welcoming to that right away. I'm, I'm going to get better. I'm going to get better. I'm going to get better. You know what I mean? And surgery was off the table because I knew it would make it worse, but yeah, I uh, mean, it'll heal on its own and did it. No, it didn't. But ironically enough, what happened for me is, um, I thought I was walking to graduate and I get a call from the advisor temple. And they say, Don, you're missing a class. What are you talking about? Now, I, by this time, Nick, you understand, I had, 150, I, only had a, I had 150 credits. I only needed 120 to graduate. I had 150. But so right? you missed that one class. I was missing <laughs> computer information sciences one. <laughs> now, I had taken Fortran and all the other mm-hmm. ones that were above that. Yeah, they right. They're saying I'm, I'm missing CIS one. 01. C A S 01, I think is what it was was titled, right? And I'm like, you guys, you guys would be kidding me, right? Now understand my scholarship was expiring. And they're saying, well, you have to come back. You have to take this class if you want to graduate. Guys, I'm done. I started a construction business. I'm trying to play some ball. I'm done. I'm not coming back for a class. So I, I called up you know, the athletic director. I'm like, listen, somebody's got to do something for me about this. This is crazy. I'm 150 credits. I need 120. It's a joke class. I already passed all the classes above it. They, sh- nobody caught it. I, ha- so how do I have to retake this class? But nonetheless, for whatever reason, you know, the Dean of the school that I was in, didn't quite like athletes. So that being said, there's nothing AD could do. And, and they said, the only thing you can do is test out of the class. So you have to take this test? It's 50 bucks. So I said, fine, I'll take the test and I'll walk. So I, but I go to this thing and I go to test out of this class, Nick, and I show up and I open this test and remember CIS 10 back to the day was like, Hey, this is how you use Microsoft word. You know what I mean? This is how you use PowerPoint, you know, it's a stuff like that, right? The test did not reflect that the test was like taking like computer programming, all these different things. It was impossible. But I don't think anybody in the whole thing tested out of that class. So Obviously I failed that test cause it was impossible. <laughs> so I go back to the person of that part of the business school. And I say, listen, I'm not doing this. He said, you got to let me walk. No, we're not doing it. Well, listen, I have 150 class. I'm done. I'm not coming. And he, this is what the guy said really pissed me. He said, you mean to tell me you're going to throw your entire future away because you're too stubborn to pay for one class. You were an athlete. You don't have to pay for anything. And I said, you know what? With some choice words, give me a couple of years, I'll be making more than you. And I left and never went back, right? I didn't graduate. And my mom was pissed, boy. I mean, you can imagine, right? My dad, he was cool about it, but I was just over it, man. I was over it. And and I, I just had that burn in me. And I, and I wasn't going to take a job anyway. I was seeing a job off. They weren't there, you know, at all when I finished school. So it wouldn't have mattered for me what I wanted to do. Sometimes I reflect back and I say, man, why didn't I just like take it online or something? Like I like, like go to the community college or something. But I don't care. The point is, that's a great story because I did. It is graduate. a great story. <laughs> I didn't graduate. And I left and literally within three years, I was making more than the dean of the school that I was in. And it was just because I had a hunger and passion to it. And here's the thing. It doesn't matter who people are. It doesn't matter what your education is, all those things. If you want something, go get it. And you, now don't get me wrong. You'll still have to educate but some of it's going to have to be self. It's not going to be something that you're going to get a degree for. It's not, you'll need the education no matter what you do. So if it's not going to be college, you're going to have to decide what the education is going to be. And it might not be a certification education, but it's going to be some kind of training, some kind of education that you'll have to do on your own, regardless you need it. It's just a matter of where you're going to gather it in your life. It could be even from experiences too, but you're going to need it. So that's what happened for me. So,
0: I can't believe you never shared that story before. I know. I can't believe
1: I you never shared it. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? I, it is crazy. Never. <laughs> never so I didn't, I didn't graduate and I, and I was able to do it, make it big. And, and you know, and I, by the way, I'm just getting started. You know, I'm just getting warmed up. I, I've done okay, but I, there's I a feel lot the same more way. I, yeah. I, a lot more I want to do.
0: Yeah, man. So Don, you also met your wife in the business.
1: <laughs> I did. There's two sides to that story on how that happened. Her version and mine. And, uh, I always joke about it. But, you know, truth be told, I walked into, I was doing a presentation actually. And it was in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And I walked in and I, I where I'm from. <laughs> yeah. Great. Right, Great. Right it was in Grantville actually. Okay. Yeah. Okay, right there. Right off of route 70, whatever, 78, yep, 78, 81, 81, 78. 81, Yeah. Yep. And, uh, I walked in and I literally spotted her instantly right? I just walked in, you know, and I was like, Oh, wait, who's that? You know? And, just, there was just an attraction. She's a beautiful woman and girl, of course, which you know, but there was just something about it. I just, I don't know. It was just, I just spot her and luckily enough for me, you know, fortunately enough for me, when I started presenting, she made it apparent to the person that was sitting next to her that there was some intrigue there too. So, and I'm happy that at the end of the presentation, you know, when I was done, it was about an hour and went through it all. And, that we got introduced by the person she mentioned it to. And it was actually pretty awkward for her because put her on a spot pretty much, but it made me realize, wow, she noticed, you know, this is a mutual thing. So I said, you know, we, I would love to connect and have another conversation again. So I used that as leverage to come back when they said, hey, can you come back out again and present? I'm like, I'll only come if that girl's there. And I didn't even know what her name was at the time. I just, I only met her for 10, 5, 10 minutes. And so, They figured out who I was talking about. And luckily enough, she was not totally creeped out that I was asking for her to come back, for me to come present. And the rest was history. We met and now we build a business together. She loves what she does. She's very, very focused on the cosmetic skincare beauty industry.
0: She's called Motives. Motives,
1: right? Yeah, Motives, correct. Motives Mm -hmm. is the brand. But she handles all of the field development side of things for the cosmetic and skincare and personal care lines that we have that we integrate in a lot of the professional outlets. She even runs the beauty Academy too, that, that they run. So she loves that. That's her, you know, kind of passion. And she loves doing that set up things. And And I like doing the entrepreneurial side from the front end. So we have a really good set here. Don't get me wrong. It's not easy to work with a spouse. I will tell you, it, 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 it's, <laughs> uh, it's daunting a lot of times mm-hmm. when you find your lanes. Sometimes it yeah. takes a lot to both find your lanes. And even when you do, when you're entrepreneurial, ambitious and you're stubborn, like we both are, You'll cross into each other's lanes, either intentionally or unintentionally. It ruffles some feathers for sure. But passionate people know how to get past that. And we're both solutions oriented. So it works out well when we find the solutions for sure. You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's been a blessing for me. So three awesome kids, a beautiful wife, a really nice lifestyle, a really nice business. All in all came because I was able to try something that most people are skeptical about. You know, and man, it's a, it's a, so it's a life changer for so many people because of that.
0: Yeah, well said, man. So, outside of work, which we know you're passionate about, is there anything that you do for hobbies that you're also passionate that's not work related or oriented?
1: I really think I used to love to coach baseball, right? As you know, and I did, but I kind of went away from that a little bit uh, from the baseball coaching side, simply because you know I realized that that era, that season of my life has passed, you know, it was a hard thing to move on from, but I did. And, uh, one of my favorite things to do growing up was I loved outdoor activities. I love to fish and hunt. I love the outdoor activities. A, I love that. Right. And since I was, I can I remember, I would always take people and I always wanted to be the person that would take them to catch their first fish or get their first, deer or whatever that might be, you know, um, just be that person, introduce them to that world. Through my business dealings with what I do now, I come across a lot of people that are either intercity people or a lot of veterans, a lot of veterans, you know, that are disabled or wounded or something from their experiences and are looking to do something else from a financial standpoint. Uh, That's how I get connected with them. But I realized that there's something that is therapeutic about the outdoors, and uh, I've always loved it. When you know, no matter how busy I get, there's nothing for me like going out and fishing or sitting in a tree stand or or going out in the woods. You know, it's just things about it. There's just something about it that you can't understand until you do it, and you realize that it, you know how therapeutic it is for people and how connected people become during those processes, how it just creates these bonds and the respect for life and all the different things that come because of it. So when I evolved from the construction business into my business now and I create a good amount of success with it and then um, you know started teaching other people how to do that, I realized that I had more time and I wanted to give back. And I don't remember how it happened or when it happened, but I realized every single time that I would take people to fish hunt, do anything like that, or I did it, I was just drawn to it. And I absolutely loved it. I loved it as much, if not more when I had people with people than when it was just me because the experience and all. And I realized that when people experience those things, those types of experiences, when they have those experiences, it's transformational for people, right? So I realize a lot of people don't have the opportunity, although they never have the opportunity to experience the outdoors and they need some therapies in their life too, you know, that could really help mentally, you know? So I decided to start a foundation. It's called the Frenzy Outdoors Foundation. I've been doing all this stuff for my whole life for nothing and it just not, I mean, just for me, right? To give people those experiences. But I decided to make it official and I established a 501c3 organization. I don't take a penny from it. I actually put men to it. You know, I just wanted to be able to make it to where we could take both inner city kids or people that would never had an opportunity to experience the outdoors and do do things with them. And I would say the thing I do most in is with veterans, returning veterans that are injured, disabled or wounded and their kids. And I love to take them out fishing and hunting and and experience of those outdoor things and creating the things that maybe they wouldn't have been able to do because of the honor that they served in our military. And I want to make sure that I can always give back to them as often. And I guess as often as possible, you know, and that's really what it's all about for me. And I just love it. It takes it to a whole nother level for me when I am able to do that. So I started that foundation to do that.
0: When did you start that foundation?
1: I think it was about two years ago now. Okay, um, I've been doing it since I was I can remember. I mean, I remember I would take people to hunter safety courses for the first time and take them out hunting for the first time and take them fishing for the first time and all those type of things my whole life that I can remember. But um, I officially, I think the five hundred one C three is about two years, two and a half years now that that's official. And and we want to keep scaling it up from there. But again, it's something that we do in addition to what we're doing. So I have two major draws and passions in my life. One is. Giving people the entrepreneurial longevity mindset, you know, uh, that's one. And then the, to enjoy it along the way with the outdoor experiences, you know, that's the two things that I just get drawn towards. And sometimes they cross paths and I do them all at the same time, which I love because I can (laughs) fish, we can talk business at the same time. And, and, uh, same thing with hunting. You have to be just a little quieter.
0: Right. That's great, Don. And, and it's called the Friends of the Outdoors Foundations, correct? That's correct.
1: Okay. Friends of the Outdoors. Yep. Excellent. That's right.
0: Excellent. So if someone wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way to get a hold of Don Martin?
1: So any any social platform is just at Don Martin live. So, uh, you know, anything I think on Facebook is at Don Martin live. Number one at the end is my personal and then at Don Martin live is my business is my personal page or is my business page and then uh, at Don Martin live. So on any platform, that's what it is. And yeah, man, I would love to just uh, offer value. And if there's anything I can do for any of the listeners, man, feel free to to jump on and, and learn. And I'm looking forward, by the way, to have Nick Ofak, the founder of Constructing Greatness podcast on my <laughs> podcast in the near future. So it's going to be a lot yeah, of fun I've, and I'm, I'm excited for people to hear your
0: story. I'm looking forward to Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Really looking forward to it. You have anything else for me? Any questions at all?
1: No, I mean, I'm just excited for you to keep going forward and keep doing what you're doing. I honor you today, Nick, for taking the time because I know you're a busy busy guy with the construction business and and I know you're you have a lot of you know moving parts with your business and and you have one of the fastest growing companies now, the commercial which is pretty powerful. You can see the acumens behind you the Inc. five thousand and ink five hundred things, which is so so fun to see and watch you excel in your I career. I appreciate it, man. Which has been a blessing to see. But um I'm just intrigued to watch how this all evolves for you and the impact that you make with people. And, and I know if people take the time to really learn and, and, and they'll feel your heart and they'll see where it's going. And, and, and I'm excited for people to get that impact too.
0: Tom, nah, man, I really appreciate it, man. Miss you. Love you, brother. And, and I hope to get together soon, man.
1: Yeah, man. We'll have to do that. Love you. Thanks for having me on, bro.
0: You too. Talk to you soon, man. Thanks.
1: All right, you got it, buddy. See ya.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Constructing Greatness Podcast. If you enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can reach me directly at nicholasofac at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening.